Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. So Kierkegaard makes this statement. He says that life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. And so what I've discovered is that um, it is as we reflect that we understand. The problem is, is that most of us are so caught up in the mad dash of life that we seldom have time to reflect, and so we don't understand. Uh, that, that's true of most of the vacations I've ever taken. There's this mad dash towards the vacation. The, the ultimate uh, destination is all of my focus and all of my intention and so this anticipation swells up inside of me, and if I'm not careful, what happens is I miss all the moments leading up to the, the final destination, and then when I get home, months later, I stop long enough to realize that it was the stops along the way that made the vacation so memorable. That actually happens at Easter, because at Easter, we spend all of our attention all of our time, all of our focus, and we place it on Easter because Easter separates our faith from all the other faiths. But what we're trying to do and have been doing over the course of the last few weeks is to slow down so that we understand. And so we've been reflecting on what took place in Jesus' life leading up to resurrection. Newsflash, today is the day that starts everything we've been talking about. So today is Palm Sunday, so one of the reasons that we've been doing this little card together is so that you could utilize it this week, knowing that today was the day that he made triumphal entry. Then on Monday, he cleanses the temple. You'll remember that on Tuesday, he hands out hope. On Wednesday, we really don't know what he did, so we said it's a time of rest. On Thursday, he communes with his closest followers, and then on Friday, although it is the day of crucifixion, we understand that. We focused on the fact that he remembers us. He has not forgotten us. So, so um, I just want you to reflect on this day by day this week, recognizing that we've already started talking about that. So I want you to complete your card today. We're talking about Saturday because we know on Sunday, this coming Sunday, is Easter. But we're... Uh, contemplating what takes place on Saturday. So if you have your little card, you need to record this on Saturday. Jesus doesn't rest. Jesus doesn't rest. He deserves a rest. I mean, crucifixion has just been completed. If there was ever anybody that deserved some time off, it was Jesus. I mean, uh, Friday comes to a close. Saturday is about to break onto the scene. Saturday is the Jewish Sabbath. So it would seem like that he should get a rest because he's earned it. He should take a break. But let's read what happens. In Matthew chapter 27, I want to show you something. Join me in Matthew chapter 27. We're going to be begin reading in, in verse 57. Matthew 27, 57 says this. Late in the afternoon. Stop right there. I put it in my notes, it's not on the screen, but you can put a parenthesis right after the word afternoon and put Friday evening. Late in the afternoon, Friday afternoon, late in the afternoon, a wealthy man from Arimathea, a disciple of Jesus, arrived. His name was Joseph. He went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate granted his request. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in clean linens, put it in his own tomb, a new tomb only recently cut into the rock, and he rolled a large stone across the entrance. 
Then he went off. But Mary Magdalene and the other Mary stayed, sitting in plain view of the tomb. And after sundown, the high priest and the Pharisees arranged a meeting with Pilate. And they said, Sir, we just remembered that that liar announced while he was still alive that after three days I will be raised. We've got to get that tomb sealed until the third day. There's a good chance his disciples will come and steal the corpse and then go around saying he's risen from the dead. Then we'll be worse off than before, the final deceit surpassing the first. Pilate told them, you will have a guard. Go ahead and secure it the best you can. So they went out and they secured the tomb, sealing the stone and posting the guards. That's Friday evening. Now jump forward to Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 1. After the Sabbath, you missed it. After the Sabbath, put in parentheses if you want to, right there, Sunday morning. After the Sabbath, Sunday morning, as the first light of the new week dawned, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to keep vigil at the tomb, and suddenly the earth reeled and rocked under their feet as God's angel came down from heaven, came right up to where they were standing. He rolled back the stone and then sat on it. Shafts of lightning blazed from him. His garments shimmered snow white. The guards all at the tomb were scared to death. They were so frightened they couldn't move. The angel spoke to the women. There is nothing to fear here. I know you're looking for Jesus, the one they nailed to the cross. He is not here. He was raised, just as he said, come and look at the place where he was placed. Wait just a second. Hold on just a minute. There is a noticeable gap in the text. The record is extremely clear that about what happens on Friday, and it's abundantly clear about what happened on Sunday, but there's this gap that it doesn't tell us much about what happened on Saturday. What happened on Saturday? On Friday, the body of Jesus was crucified, and then it was taken off the cross in the evening. It was placed in a brand new tomb. Spices were placed into that tomb. Uh, guards are placed because there is a, uh, a fear of fraud. They, they, they make sure that nobody can steal the body. And then Sunday, Jesus raises from the dead. That is what separates our faith from all the other faiths. It's what we hang our hope on, what we hang our hat on, that Jesus rose from the dead. He's not still in the, still in the tomb. That's what happened on Sunday. But what happened on Saturday? Did Jesus take a day off? Did, did, I mean, uh, let's think about this. Thursday was grueling. Friday was gruesome. Now nothing is said. Jesus needed, probably needed to rest, to recover. He's earned it. He deserves it. And so Saturday is extremely quiet. The only sound we hear on Saturday is we can hear the sound of a family mourning the loss of a son, the loss of a brother. The only sound we hear are the whispers of his confused followers wondering, maybe we should have just continued to be fishermen. Maybe we wasted the last three years and three and a half years of our life. Maybe, maybe we just messed it up. Maybe we got to go back to what we used to do. Those are the sounds we hear. We hear the sound of religious leaders breathing a sigh of relief that this drama-causing, system-shaking, Messiah-wannabe, crazy man has been silenced permanently. It's quiet, or is it? 
Very little details given about Saturday. There are only glimpses given to us in Scripture. But for all of its silence, I don't want you to mistake, make a mistake and, and, and push Saturday off to the side as if, as if to, it's unimportant and it's irrelevant because that's what we typically do. Easter garners all of our discussion and all of our attention. Crucifixion ga- gathers all of our focus. And we fail to, to even think and stop long enough to reflect on this day we call Saturday, but I don't want you to ignore Saturday. It would be easy to do that because we know so little. Jesus, here here are the only glimpses we get. On the cross, Jesus looks at that thief we talked about last week and he says, today you will be with me in paradise. So maybe on Saturday, Jesus goes to paradise. Uh, Other other verses of scripture, some say that Jesus went into Hades to to, uh, rescue saints that died before Jesus' crucifixion. Some would point to Revelation chapter 1 verse 8 where it says that Jesus stripped the enemy of the keys to death, hell, and the grave. But the honest truth is we don't know. Only glimpses. But I do know this. Saturday was anything but a day of rest for Jesus. He goes to work. Here's the difference between what happens on Friday and what happens on Saturday. The difference here is simply this, is that that all the other days is is that he, he does all of his work in plain view. On all the other days, we have a front row seat to to. To, to focus on what he's doing. On all the other days, his handiwork is obvious, but now, hidden in a tomb, behind a stone, behind closed doors, out of sight, we cannot see him work, and therein lies the truth of Saturday. This is what I want you to know about Saturday and, and what I want you to know about your life too, and that is simply this, is Jesus is working when you can't see him. See, silent doesn't equal stopped. Silent doesn't mean quiet. Out of sight does not mean out of action. Shut in doesn't mean shut out. Can I just inform you today that the arenas that that we feel like uh, uh, that are are over in our life, the arenas where we feel like there's no victory, the arena in our life where we feel like we have no ability to uh, see conquering moments, it's over. Those are the arenas that Jesus works the best in. And so ladies are mourning, but Jesus is moving. Ladies are mourning, but Jesus is mounting an attack. The disciples are discouraged, but Jesus is literally dismantling the power of death and darkness. So I need to tell you a truth this morning that I hope will impact your life, and that is simply this, is that his silence is not his absence. And his presumed activity, inactivity, is never apathy. I think sometimes when we can't hear him and we can't see him, we think that he doesn't care about us and that he's not with us and that he's forgotten about us. And and when we don't see him working, we think he's just taking a break because he's had a hard day. And we say he's inactive. He was quiet, but he didn't quit. Saturday is, the, the truth of Saturday is it lets us feel the full force of God's strength. I've got a question for you this morning. Let's get really personal. How quiet is it, how quiet is it in your life right now? What, what area of your life do you wish that Jesus would show up with thunder and lightning? 
What, what, what area, what need do you wish that Jesus would speak to with universe shaping and shaking volume? What front page grabbing uh, the moment miracle do you need in your life? But all you seem to hear is silence, supreme Silence. I mean, at this moment in your life, everything is so quiet. You've been crying out to God that in this moment it is so quiet that even crickets would be welcomed. There is supreme silence in your life. And it's so quiet that you're not sure that he hears. All you seem to see is a stone rolled into place. Prayers. Has anybody, other than your pastor, has anybody ever felt like your prayers go unheard? Please that seemed to go ignored. I mean, I pour out my heart to you, God. I cry out for your assistance. I cry out to let you know the condition of my life, and yet it seems like in this moment you can't even hear me. Just me, okay. When that happens, surely it must mean that my tears are unnoticed, but let me ask you another question. What if when all that's going on, it's just Saturday? What if it's just Saturday in your life right now? What if, it, what if in this moment it's just Saturday? You can't hear him, you can't see him, but it's Saturday. You, you don't know it, you may be unaware, it may seem like it's over, it may seem like what you're facing is a hopeless situation, it may seem dead, a funeral may seem to be in order, but hold on, he is silent, but he isn't sleeping. He isn't resting. In fact, we, all we got to do is reflect on Scripture. That's why we're slowing down long enough to do this. We reflect on this statement about our God. He never sleeps and he never slumbers. He's always on duty. He's always working. He's always doing so. He isn't taking any time off. Can I tell you what he's doing on Saturday? I've discovered this in my own life. When God is quiet in my life and I enter this season of silence in my life, when it's a Saturday in my life, what I've discovered is simply this, is he's taking matters out of my hands into his hands. He is simply forcing me to give Jesus room to work in ways that I can't. I can't get no help up in here. I, I, I'm just, I'm concerned because I think when it gets really quiet in our life, if we're not careful, we, we want to do more. We want to take it all in. Well, if God's not going to come through and he's not going to do what I'm asking him to do, then I'm going to take matters into my own hands and I'm going to make decisions and, and I'm going to take steps and I'm going to go through this program and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I don't, let me just testify for one moment this morning. Every time I've ever done that, I mess it up. We sing about, we sang it this morning. It makes a great song. All I did was be still. The issue is most of us, when it gets quiet, we don't stay still. We get more active. Okay. So, so I'm, I'm trying to help you this morning because I think some of you may be in a very silent season. For some of you, you may literally be in the Saturday moment of your life. And I want you to hear me this morning. We don't suffer in silence. We wait in silence. We anticipate in silence. We hope in silence. We believe in silence. We expect in silence. We surrender in silence. We watch for signs of life even when death is all we see because we have a faith and a hope that on Saturday, Jesus 
although he's silent, isn't sleeping on us. Saturdays, silent Saturdays. Anybody been there? Anybody there now? Silent Saturdays are the hardest days. They are. They're they're literally the day between the struggle and the solution. I'm testifying right now. Saturday is literally the day between the struggle and the solution. Saturday, a silent Saturday is the, is, is the day between the question and the answer. The, the, the offered prayer and the answered prayer. It's a miserable day. Friday was no fun. But at least when I'm in the struggle and I'm in the fight and I see God doing miracles, I can hang in there. Sunday's great because everything comes back to life. But Saturday... A quiet Saturday can be the worst day. Saturday silence can torment us if we're not careful. And we forget the lesson of Saturday and we begin to ask questions like this. Let me see if anybody else would be honest because I've asked these questions a lot on Saturdays. Have you forgotten about me, God? Do you even know where I am? Oh, yeah, I can't get no help. I remember sitting on a porch in a little bitty town called McCall, South Carolina. It's the end of the, it's the, end of the world. <clears throat> there ain't nothing there. Working myself to death for $6,800 a year full time as a youth pastor and sitting on a porch 1,700 miles from home going, God, have you lost your mind? Because I'm about to lose mine. It's quiet up in here. Have you forgotten where I am? You sent me here, but have you forgotten where I am? Are you upset with me, God? God, surely in in, in the quiet, you must be angry at me. You're so quiet right now that that maybe I've disappointed you. Maybe, maybe, do, do you even care, God? I've served you faithfully. I've done what you've called me to do, but I can't hear you. God knows Jesus is in the tomb. Why doesn't he do something? Let's bring it down to us. In our case, God knows our career is in the tank. God knows that our finances are in the pit. He knows our relationship is in a mess. Why doesn't he act? That's what we begin to question. God, you know I'm sick. Why aren't you doing something? God, you know my kids are, are losing their minds. Why aren't you doing something? That's the silence of Saturday. It's miserable. So what are you supposed to do until he does? What are you supposed to do when you're asking God to do something and he doesn't do it? It's a Saturday. What are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to like force your way? Are you supposed to forge your way? Are you supposed to fight your way? Are you supposed to find your own own way? What most of us do is we fret our way. We freak out our way. We flounder our way. But Saturday teaches us to do what Jesus did. Here it is. Lie still. Well, y'all are expecting me to preach you happy this morning and all I'm telling you to do is to be still. Stay silent. Trust him when you can't trace him. Wait on the Lord and renew your strength. 
We have literally, as a, uh, as a movement, I think, in, especially in our version of Christianity, Western civilization, I think what we've done is we have lost the discipline of standing still. And so when he goes quiet, we go crazy. Jesus knew that he could remain quiet and, and God would come through. That's why in Acts chapter 2, verse 27, he says about this, he, he says, you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. Jesus knew that he could trust his Father, that even in the quiet moment, there were things that were going to happen that maybe we couldn't see that were important. Listen, in other words, if he's quiet, if he's silent, don't worry. Just wait. If he's silent, don't go back to your old lifestyle. Well, I used to be a fisherman, but now because I can't hear Jesus doing anything and it looks like all hope is lost, I'll go back and do what I wanted to do before. I, I was following him and trusting him, but because he's been so quiet in my life, now I'll go back to finding my own way. I'll, I'll work this out on my own. I'll make the decisions. I'll make the career choices. I'll, I'll, no. We wait. Why? Because the quiet season is not a quit season. So let me help you this morning. You just keep doing what he said last until he tells you to do something new. You keep, you keep working, you keep believing, you keep praying, you keep serving, you keep on keeping on. You don't let silence silence your praise. You don't let silence stop your faith. You don't let silence keep you from pursuing him. You just simply keep on keeping on. A silent season is not, a quiet season is not, a quit season. And for some of you, I, I recognize what's going on in your life this morning is that for the last two to three weeks, for the last two to three months, for the last two to three years, it has been an extremely quiet season in your life. And if you're not careful, you will throw in the towel. Can I tell you that I have lived through those seasons? We were in one of those seasons about four years ago where I was, I was serving, I was preaching my guts out, I was studying, I was praying, I was pouring into people, and yet when I would go into my prayer closet and try to pray, it felt like my prayers got about right here and would bounce back at me. And after enduring that for about a year and a half, being exhausted because I could never hear him for me. I could hear him for you, but y'all ain't helping me. I could hear him for you, but I couldn't hear him for me. All of a sudden on a Saturday night or a Friday night, Julie and I look at one another and go, we're done, throw in the towel, it's too quiet. But I learned something in that season. Here we are, four years later, in some of the greatest moments in our church's history, simply because we made up our mind that even when it's quiet, we can't quit. And some of you need to hear that this morning. Because you're about ready to throw in the towel on your marriage. You're about to be ready to throw your towel in on your service. You're about to throw your towel in on relationships and friendships. You're about to throw your towel in on, on what God called you to do and that ministry that he burst in your heart because you haven't heard anything new. The reason he's not saying anything new is because you're not finished doing what he already told you to do. We don't suffer in silence. We do the hard work of waiting. Father, I pray this morning that what you would do in our life is that you would help us to tune into your voice so that even when you speak softly or 
Maybe you're not speaking at all because we haven't finished what you've already assigned us to do. Pray that we would tune in and trust you. God, there are individuals under the sound of my voice right now. They haven't been hoping in silence. They haven't been waiting in silence. They've been struggling in silence. They've been hurting in silence. And I pray this morning you would encourage us to actually do what we sing. We would just be still. We would just be still. God, I know Saturdays are in a lot of ways a lot tougher than Friday and certainly more difficult than Sunday. But we put our trust in you. We put our hope in you. That even when you're working behind the scenes and we don't know it, that your heart is good towards us, that you're mindful of us, that you're working on our behalf. And so we just wait. We just hope. Right there where you're sitting, could you turn maybe your chair into an altar if you, if you physically can and want to? Would you just turn and kneel? If you can't, that's fine. You can just sit there, turn that place into an altar. And would you just allow the Holy Spirit to strengthen you in a moment of silence this morning? the quiet front of your life would you let him just allow you to sense his presence even if you can't hear him it's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry to find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online visit www.passionchurch.tv remember you can't live without passion passion